Welcome to What Is It About the Weather podcast, where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek. And this week, we're going to be, well, we're going to hit a serious topic, hence the abbreviated intro, not some quip or comical moment. But before we get there, I hope your weather has been okay. There's certainly around the U.S. We had a big tornado outbreak, and that's going to play into the episode this week. But there was plenty of good weather out there, too. Plenty of blue skies, I'm sure, for lots of people. And if you like weather and active weather, there was a lot of that, too, obviously. But here, yeah, winter. I did have some winter and a little, some cold days. And then yesterday, is kind of the storms blew through here, we actually, it's very windy. Had a lot of wind. And the building I live in even set out a note about how windy it was going to be. And that's a, I don't know, maybe, and I've talked about this with all the stuff that went on this summer with Ida and stuff around New York City. I think there's this heightened sense that people need to inform more than maybe they were before. But it was nice. It was nice that the management said, you know, be aware. Maybe something you're not used to this time of year. Although it can get pretty windy up here this time of year. But eh, maybe people weren't expecting it. So it was nice of them to do that. In any case, the other thing you might notice, I am recording in a slightly different setup. I am going to be doing some traveling around year-end and... That usually means me going on the road with a microphone, but the setup may sound different or feel a little different, so please be patient with me on that. Hopefully, the overall quality is still all right. Now, expertise, as I coined last week, apparently I am unique. Um, I, I, I got a message from Susan who said that she Googled it and, well... I came right up. So I'm going to start making up more words. I'm actually known for that. I I have a history of creating words. And if I knew it was going to get me to show up in the top of Google searches, well, if you know, there's, it's out of the bag. There's the secret to getting better placement in Google is create searches that no one will search. (laughs) Any case, I thought that was interesting. Google it. See if see. Let me know. Let me know what is about the weather at gmail.com. If you Google X2Ts, how many of the top searches were related to the podcast on your first page? And I'm guessing you know it'll all be first page. I'd be curious to know what you what you find out there. All right. What else is going? On? Oh, I have to throw along a non-weather thing, and it's going to be comical before we do get a little serious. So there's a story this week, and if you haven't seen it, just do a search on Italian restaurant Michelin star viral, and it'll something along that search. If you haven't seen it already, we'll bring it up. There's an absolutely hilarious review, and it was done by some people. I guess people, a group of people traveled to Italy from the U.S., and they ate at this Michelin star restaurant, and the experience left them... Uh, wanting more food, let's say, and maybe not from this place, but it, it was just, it was humorous. It, it had me laughing. And so I thought I'd share it because it was one of those things. Had I couldn't find any link to weather at all, but it was a, it was a humorous kind of thing that uh, hit me from multiple feeds. I don't always get that, right? So some places that, you know, I, you get any news feed, you get biases in it, but I had it come up on different feeds. So it really was getting some attention, which I thought was kind of neat. 
but you even get to hear from the chef who you know that's his restaurant and his response and i'll just leave it all to you it's it's worth taking the time to invest particularly if you need something a little lighter to make your mood better this time of year and that leads us what we're going to get to in the main topic so this past few days for those that don't know or who aren't in the u.s we had a pretty major tornado outbreak now U.S. gets more tornadoes than any country around the world. And I was having a conversation just this morning with a non-U.S. native talking about why that is, right? What is it that's unique about the U.S. and why does it happen? And I'm not going to get into, you know, all the details, but just say that the U.S. is set up for it. And a lot of it has to do with moisture flow that we get from the Gulf of Mexico. So this nice warm air that moves north. And then you've got cold continental air coming from great distances from the Pacific Ocean. And this sets up, when you hear about, like when you watch a movie Twister and stuff, it's something that you, know, you get, as you can imagine, very contrasting atmospheric conditions from moist warm air to cold dry air. And that triggers a lot of that behavior. And it can happen at different times of year. And it's not the only location, obviously, that this can happen. But that general kind of warm versus cold, wet versus dry, can lead to a lot of these types of behavior. So it's why we're maybe more prone than a lot of areas, other areas around the world with respect to tornadoes. Now, outbreaks this time of year are pretty rare. Doesn't mean we can't get tornadoes this time of year, but under the right circumstances we can. But one of the tornadoes that came out of this event may prove to be the longest track U.S tornado ever over 200 miles went across multiple states lots of death okay and that's where we're going to go with this i was originally going to do an episode this week that had to do with actually with death okay and and it had to do with winter weather and if you've never heard about it the donner party and it's a it's a well-known story in u.s history about people going in the westward migration Going along, making a deviation from the well-known Oregon Trail that would ultimately lead to multiple family members passing away, right? It was a harsh winter, and it happened about this time of year. It was an early winter in that area, but it's an area that can get just tremendous amounts of snow. So that one's going to be put on hold till probably after the holiday season because I'm not going to go grim anymore. But I thought it would be a good time to hit the topic for a simple reason. This time of year... We think of it as being such a joyous time of year, right? Holidays, you get to see family, you get to see friends, you get presents. It, it, it's the best we can be for a moment where we can be at our very best, both as a individuals and as a society, I think. We don't always achieve that, of course, but it provides the opportunity and the framework, and that's why so many holiday things are happy, right? But it's also a very tricky time of year. Right. It's when a lot of people deal with significant amounts of grief and depression, and some of that can be weather-related, as we've talked about with seasonal things. There's less light in the northern hemisphere. variety of reasons can go on and on and on about why that is. Some of it's weather, obviously. Some of it's not. But people often deal with depression around the holidays, and they're not happy. The only link I'm going to put in the show notes today has to do with dealing with difficult things. And I found a good resource. It was a grief network kind of thing. So if if you know anybody, you you can always reference back to it. And it's grief and and difficult things related to a lot of things, disasters. 
It can be individual grief. It can be addiction problems, whatever it is. But I also work with some other podcasters, and you know I've done a podcast in the past on New Year's, and that whole thing is about raising money for kids now. But in the past, it was simply a way, these were a couple veterans, right, to make sure no one was alone on New Year's because, again, very difficult time for a lot of people. And veterans know this very well, right? They deal with tremendous things. They see things that, that you and I can't even fathom when they're out dealing with conflicts in faraway lands or even on their own doorstep. So it's a very real thing for that group of people. And the reason I, I thought I would take this opportunity to talk about it is I was reading these reports about the tornado. I always try to put this stuff in perspective. And, and I've talked about this broadly, you know, in, in little snippets here and there before, but never in detail. And that's why I thought we would, would do a little deeper dive in an episode about the challenges of dealing with what I know are events that have the potential to take lives and cause great tragedy for people. And how I deal with that, how I, you know, don't go crazy with that. Now, many of you know that I dealt with a major life event, major loss, just a couple years ago, okay, coming up on three years, that firsthand threw me in that whole grief cycle scenario, okay? Now, my situation was one that it wasn't a sudden loss. It was something that I knew was coming for let's say months, but at the same time, it doesn't make it necessarily any easier or harder, I would say. And the other thing I've learned through all this is grief is such a unique thing, but most experiences are, all right? Grief is not unique in that manner, that when you're happy, there are things that make you happy and your happiness comes across uniquely to you. And grief's the same way. We can appreciate some of the broad aspects of it from one person to another, but the timelines, the processes, the order in which things happen, it's very different for everybody. And that's why I'm saying I'm putting this hotline thing in the show notes because this by no means is a way of talking about how to deal with it because we're all unique. All I'm offering for in this case is maybe you'll be more aware for people and maybe in some way you can help. It's tricky. Uh, you know, I know how many people, uh, you're always looking for the right thing to say, right? You're always trying to figure out what to say to people, and there's no good answer. And I think I've mentioned that before. And for somebody to say, sorry for your loss, that's about as good as you can do. Unless that person wants to talk, you make yourself available. And they may or may not want to, right? But whether professionals actually deal with this, and some of them deal with, with it more than others, and by no means are we a profession that's unique to it. I don't, I can't fathom. There are a lot of doctors that don't deal with life and death every day. They deal with medicine, but the death part of it usually quite often is a small group of doctors, right? That get in that final stage that deal with, you know, it can be lost during surgery, but are either maybe dealing with emergency room medicine or dealing with diseases that bring it about in the end. But even in that case, even when you're talking about doctors that deal with cancer, in a lot of ways, they don't always deal with the last piece of it, right? They see what the disease can do and they've still got to process it, but they don't necessarily ultimately deal with 
the death. But that doesn't make it any easier for them because they've got to deal with patients, which they know a good percentage of them are not going to make it through the process. All right. Yet they go about doing that job and they give it their best to try to help those that that well, that don't make it the best chance for survival, but giving everybody the best chance. Okay. But every day we're surrounded by people like that, right? It can be police or firemen. It can be, you know, EMTs. It can be emergency managers that are trying to save lives in events. But whether people have to deal with that too, right? So it hits all aspects of our lives. But I have dealt with forecasting events that I knew were going to take lives, right? And I have talked about this before, about that delicate balance between the fascination, the, the sheer science of what's going on and being in awe and amazed by the power of nature. But at the same time, having to set that aside at the appropriate time, dealing with it when I, when I can, right? But knowing in the moment of forecasting that the goal really is to be as objective as possible to give people the opportunity to avoid harm if there's something I'm forecasting that can do that. And I think that's true of most people. It's not always easy for us to make that separation, particularly when we know it's going to be that way. But like grief, all these things are so individual. And what I tell most people when you're trying to help people deal with the situation always try to put yourself in some sort of context. Like I said, I've had a recent event. Most of us deal with a major loss at some point in our lives, particularly the older we get or the longer you're on this planet, the more likely it is you've had one or more of these events. Hopefully each one of them, you've got a process and it makes it a little easier to deal with. But nonetheless, how we deal with it, it's going to be our way. And when we deal with something like we've been dealing with COVID, it's the same sort of thing. It's hard for us individually sometimes to go, why am I wearing a mask, right? And if there's evidence that says, hey, do, wearing a mask is good for the greater good, that's why you know those guidelines get put in place and we can debate all day long about how effective it is and everything else. But that's the mindset is that somebody out there is looking for the broader good even if it's not going to feel that way to me as an individual, because I may not have a direct loss from COVID. It may not hit me the same way. And I may go, why are we doing this? And it's a natural thing too. That's why we have these conversations. And it's the same thing with weather. When I'm doing these forecasts, I may not be anywhere near where stuff's going to happen, but I know, and I try to put in context that I know someone's going to be dealing with it. Now, I usually get the benefit of, once I'm done forecasting, I don't have to deal with the aftermath. So I'm not going to have someone that says, well, you were too cold in your forecast. I, I don't think I've ever had that, right? Every, anybody said you were, you didn't recognize the, how bad it was going to be. And, and, but I do, I mean, I try to put context in anything that I think is going to be a bad situation to drive the severity. But at the same time, I want to make it useful information and not let my emotion get in the way. It's not easy for everybody, right? And it's not easy on, on, on the other side of that. And it's particularly not easy if you feel like you messed up a forecast and someone lost their life. 
Again, very traumatic. So there's a lot of people in the field that deal with those realities. Fortunately, most of my forecasting isn't such like that. I'm not dealing with those kind of, you know, I, I call them localized events. And, you know, in a specific area, in a specific forecast office location where, you know, I know that in the moment I'm, I'm dealing with that, you know, I have worked those kind of situations in a broad sense, but thankfully I've never had this major event happen wow, I'm looking out there, and wow, could I have done a better job? I always evaluate that with particularly my tropical cyclone forecast because it's relevant for those. But what I tell us all in the moment, whether it's in the holiday season, no matter what, what the cause is, whether you, let's say you didn't know someone who lost, you, let's say you didn't lose somebody directly from COVID, but you find out somebody who did, you're not going to be able to relate the same way. Because it didn't happen to you, but hopefully you have some sort of context you can put to it. And in this time of year, when a lot of people are dealing with the difficult times, it's the reminder, right, that every day we deal with these things. Right now, when I think about this tornado event, and I see the lives lost, and I start thinking, immediately I go to, Okay, these people were in a building. It was destroyed. Would they have been better off at home or if they hadn't been? I don't know, right? And we can second guess guess all day long, but we should to make sure we're trying to do what we can to make things as safe as possible. But I'll never be dealing with it the same way as someone who lost a loved one in that event, nor can I expect to. And that's the difficult part on the other side, right, is the person who's dealing with the loss and grieving. I think in time and grief, you realize that no one else is experiencing what you are. And that becomes a difficult balance because it's how do you make sure you're getting the help you need and working through the process you need to while recognizing it is unique to you. And you appreciate people's sympathy, but you also know that they can't even begin to comprehend what you're dealing with. And I'm going to give you one more thought with all of it is recommend if you know someone going through a loss, whether it's weather related or not, what I always recommend is offering to do something that's I, you know, I hate to say this, chill. It doesn't involve necessarily a lot of people. It doesn't involve you know, a lot of stressors. Maybe just offer to go on a walk or a hike with somebody and leverage weather in that way. One of the things I found in my own process, and this shouldn't be surprising to anybody, right, is weather was instrumental to me in my process in that the sa- it was as much the sounds and the experience as going out and just watching, you know, a thunderstorm go by on a, on a, where I could watch it on a, on a Vista. Incredible. But I also, uh, you know, I've mentioned before, I have apps that play weather. Yeah. You know, I create my own kind of weather events or and again, it can be beachy sounds. It can be whatever is soothing. That's helpful too. And so if you're, you know, just having a friend over who dealt with that, maybe for a cup of tea or coffee, something kind of chill maybe the background is something soothing or when you go for a a walk or a hike you know see if the weather can cooperate and 
and put you in a situation that can be soothing. But, you know, maybe getting away from the the sounds of the extreme sounds. We talked about this about a year ago, right? All the noises that go with with weather and why weather can be both jarring and soothing at the same time, right? It's getting to that right noise balance that hopefully can help people. I hope during this holiday season, right, that to some extent most of the world celebrates in some way or another, or a great deal of it does. But we're in that time of year, even if it's not specifically around a particular day. We're kind of in the gift-giving and loving, like I said, season in general. Take a moment for yourself to take a moment and breathe. Maybe enjoy some weather sounds or just outside and decompress a little bit because as fun as those family events can be, they can be stressful too. But through all of it, remember that weather can be awesome in its goods in its difficult moments, but it's not always the difficult. It can be a refreshing, rewarding experience. And as we all know, There's much more to weather than the weather itself.